As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Josh Giddy and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Basley and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these. I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, uh, sometimes on Sundays, is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Hey, it's good to be back a day earlier. Yeah. so like a short week. Tomorrow is my three-year-old son's fourth birthday. And so... Wow. Trying to knock out some things today... I can take, I can kind of take off work, but it's like, well, we still have to do podcasts. So we just got to move things around. We got to shuffle things around so that we can celebrate a four year old's birthday tomorrow, which will be a great, great time. So, hey, big day. It's a big Uh, day. It's a big day. Uh, You know, there's, it's being a a parent of kids, and I've got a 10 year old, an almost eight year old, and now an almost four year old. You know, you gotta you gotta be there. You gotta cherish the time. So, we're bringing you guys voicemail Monday on a Sunday today. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, um, funny story, not so funny story. Um, Diego, my five year old now, had his third and fourth birthday during the the COVID shutdown. Oh and my! So yeah. Last year, um, in February, he came to me and said, "Dad, please." Don't get COVID and please <laughs> throw the most amazing party for me because it's two years <laughs> that yes. I'm waiting. Yes. Oh, <laughs> so it's a big day. It is a huge day. Yeah. Shout out to uh, my, my son, Arden, who will definitely not be listening to this on his birthday. Too bad. Um, okay. Our first voicemail is about this Chet Palo Pro-Am yesterday. It was actually Jamal Crawford's, but... Let's be honest, it was really Chet and Paolo's show. So here is our first voicemail. Hey, fellas, this is Caleb again. Um, I just watched the Twitter thread from the Paolo Chet, whatever pickup game that was, and I'm kind of losing my mind. <laughs> um, but, like, two questions. I'm, I'm thinking about, like, how, how – I'm just wondering like, how many threes is Chet going to take and make this year? Like, I, I watched that game, and I'm thinking about essentially, like, Paul George in the, the season where he shot, like, 10 threes a game. Uh, and I'm just like, why can't Chet do that? And if he does do that and shoots, like, okay percentage, like, what is going to happen? Um, and then the other question is just, like, how did Twitter talk itself? into Jabari being better than Paolo when Paolo 
feet tall and 300 pounds and can pass, shoot, dribble, and jump like that. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand how that occurred. Um, anyway, thank you. Well, I can tell you that if Chet takes 10 trees and shots reasonably okay percentage, like 35% from three, Andrew's dream about uh, another high lottery week is not going to happen. Yeah. 10, <laughs> I can tell yeah. you as much. Yeah, it's a good question. I would say I don't think he's going to take that many threes. No. Because he is so good around the basket. And he's, oh, that's not why. And he's seven foot one. And they're going to find him, you know, and he loves to attack the basket too. And not that Paul George didn't like Paul George liked to attack the basket as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Paul George and Russell Westbrook were the Thunder offense, you know, during yeah. those years. And I think the hope with this current iteration of the Thunder is that it's not just on one guy, especially with this particular team where you don't have some like generational score on the court. You know, you've got like really good score, a really good score in Shea. You have Chet, who is like this multi tool, like very useful player uh, that's going to help them a ton. I mean, he's going to be so, so helpful to them. But I mean, maybe eventually he'll get to 10 threes. I can't say that I would rule that out, but for this next year, I would be surprised. Yeah, me too. Um, I have yet to watch the program. Uh, I'll probably do it later, later today or tomorrow. Um, but I saw a few moments. And I mean, let's say that in these summer leagues, um, like after summer league, uh, kind of summer leagues, uh, defense is even less than the Vegas one. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't put too much into that. Um, the reason why he won't take 10 trees is because, as Andrew mentioned, I mean, this is not a team that will allow uh, Chet Holmgren to take 15 shots next year, I think. Uh, and the balance will not be there if he takes 10 trees. I mean, it's... Um, it's not going to happen. I bet the chat will take at least three um, pull up in uh, not pull up. Sorry, um, pick and pop shoot. actions yeah. with with Shea. Yeah. Uh, that is something that will happen, and, and then he will take another two. Maybe um, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes five, five or six. Um, five oh. is probably a, a safer bet between four and five, um, which is a good number for a center. Uh, and as Andrew oh, mentioned, yeah. I mean, uh, if he takes like 12 shots, I think that is a sweet spot for him. Um, between 12 and 14, something like that. And I think that he can definitely take more, but I'm not sure that uh, these offense will will be as one that allows Chad to take like 20 shots in his first year. <laughs> yeah, the most field goal attempts for anybody last year was Shea at 18.8. Yeah. Um, and then Dort at 14. I'm having to, you have to wade through like the waters of some of these players. Like Melvin Frazier took 16 shots a game in his three games. Yeah. Um, Kalitzakis took 14 shots a game in the four. Oh, those, was, those were brilliant <laughs> times. Uh, brilliant. Xavier Simpson, no, who got to no. deal with the Magic, had 13 a game. But then like Josh Giddy was 12. Trey Mann was yeah. 9.8. Yeah. Um, I mean, guys, they really spread the ball around. And I was just thinking, like, this is where, like, a per 36 number could be actually kind of useful. Where, like, Mascala, you know what? This is quite interesting. Per 36, Mike Mascala, it's like 9.9 threes per game. Yeah. Mike was automatic. He was hoisting every single time. I don't think that Chet will be in the same kind of mold. I think that the that the team will want him to be a little bit more creative with the ball. Yeah. And so that's why, first of all, he will not play 36. Uh, that is a big reason why he won't take 10 shots, because mm-hmm. he will play, I think, between 25 and 28 per game. I don't think that he will play more yeah. as a rookie. Yeah, Giddy played 31. Dort yeah, played well, 32. Really, Shea played the most. He played yeah. 34.7 minutes per game. Really, we, it needs to be like per 30 should be like the real number. yeah because per yeah. 36 is is outdated in a lot of ways just because yeah essentially no one played 36 minutes and the reason that the reason you even have per 36 is like okay what what would a player that's sitting on the bench that plays 15 minutes like if you extrapolated it what would that look like if they were a starter or like a full-time 
you know, whatever. Yeah. But that's just which not is the something. Case yeah, which is something uh, self-lauded, I, I think. I remember um, when I used to do scouting um, for my home team here in uh, in Italy, and it was like this bright basketball mind, Marco Crespi, who uh, worked with David Griffin as a scout mm-hmm. in, in Phoenix. Um, and uh, Casale acquired uh, Schultz, which is a German player who was a modern player, like just a three-point shooter, very nice, soft hands, tall. And, and Marco told me, hey, uh, are you excited about the 15 minutes that I gave Schultz uh, yesterday? I said, yes. Okay, next time I will give him 30, you will have the exact same production. <laughs> Nothing more. He did, and he was right. <laughs> like, he played 15 minutes, hoisted six trees, and made four of them. He played 30 next game, six trees, four made. <laughs> it's, it's not always... Um, mathematically correct to correlate uh, production of 15 minutes compared to 30 because no of stamina doubt. and because of the guys who plays the, who you play against. Yeah. Like if you play strictly against bench unit, 10 minutes, and then you you maybe play 10 with the starters, it's it's not the same. Um, so, and again, I think the chat will not play as much. I mean, he, I think that the minutes is something that, that OKC will monitor very closely. And I, I kind of lean towards more towards 25 than 30 uh, if I have to bet. Hmm. Yeah, and and some of that is that you it's an 82 game season the yeah. first time. And not to say that he couldn't be like a 33 minute a game or 33 minute a night guy here in the next few years, but man, you really want to it's going to be tough because I think Chet's going to want to play a lot. But you're gonna have to like hold him back a little bit because like yeah. if like physically, you just watch if you watched him yesterday in the pro am like he attacks the basket pretty recklessly at times. Yeah, and you just watch him fall and you're just like, oh my gosh, I, I hope he's okay. I, I hope he's gonna be okay. Like I thought that so yeah. many times watching him yesterday. And it's like holy crap, he's gonna play 82 games like this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You gotta let him. You gotta slow him down a little bit there, um, just because it's it's hard for every single rookie that comes into mm-hmm. the league. It's like, man, this is a lot of games. You know, like eventually they all say that, and Chet will be the same. So, yeah, and it may be Andrew that they will play him thirty, but they will play him sixty games. That is also a way to manage it. I, I don't know what the uh, what the plan will be, but. Um, I mean, the total amount of minutes for the season is going to be, I, I think, 25 times 82 or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if you play 60, then, of course, you have more minutes to to get around. So Yeah. No, I, I think I might lean toward he'll play closer to 30. But, you know, we'll see. I, As far as, like, the Pro-Am in itself, it was really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And... It was and Chet and Paula played on the same team, which you wish they did not. Um, but they did, and they you could just tell they're like, holy smokes, these guys. Like these two are ridiculous. Paula was on one yesterday, man. Paula was so good. He could score on every single guy in every single way. It was unbelievable. And his passing and his ball handling, like, he looked so good. And so did Chet. Chet looked awesome. Like defensively, guys didn't really want to try a whole lot. And I think he still had like eight blocks. Um, he's like 34, eight blocks, 13 boards. I mean, he was just a monster. Yesterday, he was hitting some step back threes, some deep, deep threes. Um, there's a, you should be pretty excited. The level of competition and the level of like competitiveness is like definitely within question. It felt more like an all star mm-hmm. game type environment. Um, but still, like you could still tell. cool. It's like still even cool. in an all-star game setting. I mean, if he yeah. if you if you do thirty-four plus thirteen and eight, that, that's they, that's nice. They were clearly the two best guys. Mm-hmm. You know, when you watch the game, it was like who stands out. Well, it's that giant, tall, skinny dude, and then this the thick guy that's playing next to him. You know, and as far as like the Apollo question, a lot of draft Twitter was on Paulo is the best guy all year. You know, there were a lot mm-hmm. of draft Twitter people that were on that. It was like the intel that was coming from the team sides about who was going to go number one was Jabari. You know, yeah. 
and you kind of rely on ESPN and the guys at the athletic and to kind of steer you in the right direction with regards to those things. And even I heard some stuff from behind the scenes from people that are like directly plugged in that were saying that thought it was Jabari and you do kind of look back and think, how did we, how do we talk ourselves into that? You know, like, and it's not like Jabari's a bad player. He's a really good player, like really great defender, really good shooter, but like the creation stuff for himself and others just isn't there. And so you do wonder a little bit about how we got there. Yeah, I think that, that we we got there. First of all, we we did not. But anyway, uh, we True. as Mikel and Andrew. Yeah. Um, I think we said like during the process that it was like Chet 1A, Pala 1B. Yeah. You know, that's where we landed after that. And, not and that, we are with Homer because we, we, we knew that if we could see where to draft second, I mean, it was Chet. Or, oh, we wanted Chet uh, bad. We wanted Chet yeah. bad from the moment that we watched him. And yeah, like Jabari, exactly. you could see, be like, okay, Jabari is the one where I think if you're thinking about like traditional NBA, you're thinking about, okay, how do I make the current team that we have work? I think yeah, you get there, Jabari. there's the case that Jabari is the best guy. Because what does he yeah. do? Incredible defender, great play finisher. What do we need? We've already got two really good guards. What do we need the most? We need that. But I think Sam, man, Sam, this rebuild is so interesting in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Sam is looking at the landscape of the league. Or I just have to imagine he's looking at the landscape of the league and he's like, how do I not become what other teams have been, but how do I become something that has never happened in the NBA before? How do I do that? And how do I be become like Golden State was something we had never seen before. Mm-hmm. And they they jumped the thunder because they had discovered what was next. They had discovered yeah. like the next like inefficiency and had the exact right player to the exact right two players, really three players to exploit it. Now the thunder are trying something that no one else has really ever tried. One, a rebuild the way that they're doing it. No one's really ever tried it and carried it out the full extent. And mm-hmm. then two, they are going all skill at every position. And if you if you look up and down the roster, they want everyone. And we've talked about this a lot. But what other team has a point guard through center that can initiate offense? Yeah. You know, there's not – it doesn't exist. There's not one – there's not a team that is doing this. And to get the Chet piece is like the hardest piece to get. Now, there's going to be more of these type of guys that are coming into the league over the next probably 10 years, and so it might look might not look as different in 10 years as it does today. But right now, like that's why you draft J-Dub. That's why you draft Usman Jang. Like that's why you draft those guys, so that they can all like they can all do it. And there's not another yeah. team that does that. And that's what Sam is caveat, trying though. to do. Hmm. With a huge caveat, though, which is some like I think that sometimes is under discussed. Um, they're doing that while adding oversized players for their positions. Oh, um, yeah. Now, Dort, Dort is a little bit of, a, of an exception uh, yeah, because it's it not oversized. And I think that that is fun. That is not something that they really draft. It's something that fell into their laps. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, they, wow. did, they did not draft Dort. They just, yeah, exactly. yeah they brought him into and, the blue. Yeah, exactly. When you get Dort as a two-way, you get that kind of guy. You you won the lottery anyway, mm-hmm. if it, even if it's not part of mm-hmm. your um, type of player. Trey Man, you can say that he's kind of not oversized for, for the position, but he has a, a different kind of skill set, which you still need, I think. Um, and all the others, if you look at Jeng, if you look at, uh, if you look at J-Dab, um, these are players that are oversized for their position. Uh, J-Dab right. is a one two uh yeah. that is able to guard him four just because he's huge yeah and jang is at two with the body of a four yeah. so giddy I, I really shea think, those are your yeah, guards yeah, giddy shea yes yeah. of course so they are really doing that um while not sacrificing anything on the defensive side because mm-hmm. giddy yes is not a great defender uh he's not a good defender probably today but i think that he can get there if he wants that and, and all the other players like chet jang j-dub uh dort 
they are good defenders mm. very good jerry i mean so it's um it's a way of building the roster that is very interesting um on jabari i mean we can sit down next year and say oh we kind of misevaluate jabari because he's scoring like crazy and he's the best defender uh on the perimeter that mm -hmm. the league has seen in a couple of years in the last five years that can happen i mean the lack of shot creation is something that is real mm -hmm. it was apparent in, at auburn it was still apparent uh in summer league um and but he's very young and so the reason why it was a huge part of the evaluators that said hey 610 40% from three awesome defense that is that is what i need and 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 it's not a bad idea i mean if you have middleton uh and you get it at one two three in a draft that is perceived as a bad draft that's not bad <laughs> like Middleton's a great and, player yeah yeah a great player and jabari i think has a ceiling that is higher than that uh because he's very good defensively and very good at, at taking much harder shot than Middleton is taking right now. Mm -hmm. So um, I know that Paolo is a shiny toy right now, but let's wait an entire season before we, we judge. I think that all three, at the end of the season, we can look back and say, boy, okay, Orlando made that pick, and it was a good pick, but these three players are very good. And yeah. so all the three teams found gems uh, at one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question comes from Chuck. Andrew, uh, this is Chuck Cohen in uh, Hamden, Connecticut, an 81-year-old basketball freak that goes back before George Mikan, um, but also a huge OKC fan since KD stepped on the court at Texas. Uh, question for you. With the signings of the shooting coach, and the uh, assistant general manager from the Sixers. Do you think that the approach by Sam Presti will accelerate this year since they're obviously going to win a lot more games? Uh, so uh, I thought that's a good question. Uh, I think everybody's assuming they will tank, but I don't. I think it's it, they'll win too many games this year. And I also think that uh, Jang, from what I see, is going to be a big star. Maybe in two years, you'll he'll, he'll see it. Anyway, I'm looking forward to your response. Thanks a lot. Bye. This is amazing. That's my, that my favorite call we've had by far, so far. Thank wow. you, Chuck, for the question. Um, I'm on Team Chuck, by the way. Huh? I'm on Team Chuck all the way. I know you're like, on Team with Chuck. With Jang, with next year. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. way to go. <laughs> um, I haven't asked you about, we haven't talked about Chip England being the uh, shooting coach yet. That was no, uh, we did not. Wednesday that they announced that right before Alex and I recorded. Um, it's a big deal. What were your, what were your initial thoughts? I was surprised. Um, usually it's hard to pry away this kind of uh, assistant coach slash front office guys, legends from, yeah. from places like that. Um, so it's, um, it is surely a huge signing for OKC. Now, um, to expect some Harry Potter kind of uh, charm uh, on, on <laughs> players, uh, I don't know if it's fair. To, to cheap in the first place, but to expect like um, some player to start the path that maybe in two, three years will improve their shots. So if you, if Giddy goes from 27 to 33 in three years, that is a huge win for OKC. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. I mean, everyone is thinking, hey, uh, tomorrow Giddy will shot 40%. No, that's <laughs> if that happens, boy, this guy needs it's like to, to get, I don't know, uh, what kind of like bonus or 
something. Yeah, give him $10 million if he can do that because you yeah, know, yeah, of course. you're going to be competing um, at a high level for a long time if Giddy can shoot it like that. Yeah. Um, and so I think that um, having um, one of the best in your, like, uh, in the practice facility every single day, that will improve everything for everyone. Um, and, and so it's a, it's a good sign. Again, even if you don't expect magic, this is a great, great signing. Because again, yeah. it's culture, it's maybe it's, it's the little things. It's the rhythm. It's maybe adding a little bit more of consistency in the results. Like maybe not having um, ten percent more of shoot of three point percent at the end of the year for KC, but maybe having more consistent results game to game. Yeah. Uh, like being a thirty three percent team and shooting twenty five then forty and twenty five then forty compared to shooting thirty three every single night, it's quite different. So. I really expect something to change there. Uh, and it's, again, it's it's very, very interesting. I don't know how much it correlates with winning in year one. Uh, but again, I'm on team, hey, this team will surprise a little bit more than what we expect. So um, this is just the reinforcement to what I think. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think they brought in um, Chip England to, to increase their winning percentage next year. Yeah. I think that they it's a good person to have for the next five years, at least five oh, to 10 years. Without a doubt. I think that you look at the situation and you think, okay, we want everybody to be able to shoot pass and dribble. What are we missing here? You know, and with Shay and with Giddy, and not that Shay's a bad shooter. I don't think Shay's a bad shooter. No. I think he's a good shooter. But could he be great? I think it's possible. Thank you, but you have to have the right people in place. And Chip is yes. just, he's just one of those guys that could help take them from, from good to great or from bad to good. Or, you know, we just need these guys to be able to strike fear into the hearts of a defense. You know, we want the defense, like you want to bend the defense as much as possible. And they're going to bend defenses with just the fact that everyone can make decisions. Like yeah. that's, that's going to be the one thing. But if you want to compete at a championship level, that's not enough. You got to be able to make shots. And so, if you can bend the defense with every single person, when the ball hits their hands, they can take a take a dribble, make a pass, decide to drive whatever they want to do. But if every if you fear two or three guys on the perimeter that are going to hit shots as Giddy tries to create or as Shake tries to create, it changes everything for you. Yeah. And you don't know what piece you're going to get in next year's draft either. You know, like Chip could be just as much for that guy as he is for Giddy. You know, yeah. we just don't, we don't know. Uh, but I think, I think he's here to help this team, you know, ratchet it up a level. I don't know that we'll, we may see the results this year. I can't sit here and say that I know that we won't see the results this year. I don't, oh, I, no, 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 I no. don't know that. We don't. You actually you hope that he is that good to where he arrives and it's like, oh, now Giddy, you know, is not shooting twenty-eight percent. He's thirty-five percent from three, and teams are closing out. And now this Thunder team is a problem. You know? Like you hope I I would hope that that could happen. I just have my doubts. I these things take time. It's just would be my point. I don't think they're going to necessarily like be a team that has to tank to the bottom, but I do think that they're going to be a team that's in like the five, six, seven range and you hope they can jump. You know, yeah. that's, that's where I think they'll be. I think they have too much talent to be a bottom two team in the league. Um, yeah, but they'll still be in the no, lottery. I think that as well. Um, and one thing that I don't know, and I think that everyone have, their own picture in mind about why Chip England improves the shot of, of the players is technique, is what you do as a preparation, is mental, uh, like it's something that you do with how you you think about your shooting. We have no idea. It, it will be an, an amazing story. Maybe, maybe someone already uh, written it, but um, 
it's it's impressive how in in how many ways you can improve a jump shot. I mean, yeah. uh, we have seen it many times. Incredible shooters like Cabrinis is probably one of the purest shooter that OKC ever had in terms of mechanism. Um, of course, uh, Kevin Durant was probably the best. Um, and and something was not working. I mean, Abrines is a 40% shooter. Um, oh, yeah. And it was never that. So you wonder, which levers will he pull to make this team a better shooting team? Yeah. It's also about which kind of shot you should take, where. I mean, everything it matters in terms of shooting. So uh, will Chip being able to improve Lou Dort's shot selection? Um, will that improve the, his consistency in terms of landing spot with his feet? Is the upper part? We don't know. And this is an amazing story. I mean, if we see something with our own, our own eyes, then it means that um, we'll have an answer. If not, it's maybe on other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch. I actually have lined up an interview with a, a guy who is a shooting coach for a college team to come on. Hmm the uh the dream team show here in a in a couple weeks so um should be it should be fun uh let's go to our next voicemail this is about chet hi guys um i'm just calling to wonder if uh just to wonder what you're more excited about in terms of next year's rebuild uh especially offensively uh, since Chet's so versatile on the offensive end, are you more excited to see him in transition uh, or working in the sets on the half court? Uh, thanks. I'm just so excited to watch him working with Che. Um, I think that, um, and we were discussing it before the, the podcast, um, I got a very interesting uh, DM about Che. Uh, the fact that he's uh, the forgotten gem of the OKC team. I think that it's common. We have a new shiny toy and we focus all our attention to Chet because Chet is awesome. Yeah. Um, but I think that I am more excited to see how Chet unlocks the half-court offense for OKC. Because on, in transition, I mean, you have Giddy that can hit a cross-court pass. Um, you have Shade that can run the transition. It was not a terrible team in transition last year. Uh, OKC wasn't. So mm -hmm. I'm excited to see how he unlocks the spacing um, between Shay and Giddy. But, I mean, just, just a simple action, like a pick-and-pop action with Shay handling the ball and Chet just popping up. How do you guard that? How other teams will guard that? It's, it's fascinating to me. Will they allow him to shoot or will they stay home with Chet? Which means that Shea is not going to be doubled as much. I mean, all these things, I just I just can't wait to see. Because we saw like the connection between Giddy and, and Chet and pick and rolls. It was not very seamless, but but it, it was already there. Mm -hmm. And so you have uh, an idea how the second unit maybe with Giddy and Chet, how that can work. But with with Shay, I mean, I'm I'm so excited to see oh how that goes. Yeah, yeah. I, for me, it's in transition, especially oh, really? especially in person. Mm. You know, because there and to hear the roar of the crowd as Chet grabs the ball off the rim, and you can see a lane because he did this a lot yesterday at the pro am. It's like he would mm -hmm. grab the ball, he'd see a lane, and he would just take it. Yeah, and. I think it's gonna it's gonna be so much fun to watch him, and and with Giddy and with Shea, and with guys like Dort and J Dub and whoever else he plays with Kenrich, it's gonna be so helpful because like that Gonzaga team was really good, but you know Chet's never played with guys like that are this good before. He's never mm -hmm. and he's also never played against guys that are gonna be as good as they are, but to get out on the break. If like Giddy's leading the break, and it's Chet and it's Shea, you know, running the wing. I mean, it's going to be so much fun to see like the decision making process from from Giddy. I think Giddy's going to have so much fun. And yeah. Chet was leaking out a bunch yesterday. He kind of be in like a bad spot defensively, honestly. But he would be out on the perimeter, and then once they got the rebound, like he was already gone. And Giddy is going to find him just like lickety split. Uh, it's going to be so yeah. much fun. I also want to see him pulling up, like just hey, oh, and, he, just and, he, and he will. 
Yeah. There's no <laughs> doubt. expect that. There is no doubt. He will. Yeah. Chet is such a fascinating basketball player. Like He's one of the most unusual basketball players you'll ever watch. And what's yeah. cool is that you get to watch him on your team for a long time, which is yeah. really, really cool. Uh, okay. Next question. Hey, Andrew and friends. This is uh, Barrett Lyle. Um, my question for you guys, and I've uh, I've ran this question past uh, friends as well who really enjoyed it, but my question for you is, someday the Thunder are going to win a championship. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And so when that uh, day comes, we have to throw a parade. So what is your ideal Thunder championship parade? Where does it start at? Where does it stop at along the way to do what? Where does it finally come to an end at? So tell me your uh, ideal dream Thunder Championship parade route and activities. Thanks a lot. Keep up the good work. You know, this is one that I might save a little bit for the Friday podcast, too, because I think this would be a good question if we got all of our Friday crew there <laughs> to answer. But Yeah, my only answer is that I want to be there. You got it. For me, it's oh being gosh. there. You would have to be here. Um, I think that you start it like around the arena and you go south on Robinson, kind of across the, the tail the, the south end of Scissor Tail Park. And actually Scissor Tail is going to extend all the way to South Fifteenth Street, I think. I don't know if you want to do all that. But anyways, if you just went to the southern end of what right now is Scissor Tail Park, back up Hudson all the way to Sheridan and then back around, like you could a lot of people could be involved then because like then you're just talking about like the the parks and there's like parking garages or the parking lots over there where you could have just a ton of people there. I don't know how long a parade route is. I've never been a part of a championship parade. I have no idea what that looks like, but maybe I feel like Jay and Taylor would probably have better answers and L-Man would probably have some good activities. So um, here's another, we have another question that is, kind of difficult to answer and also maybe a Friday pod question. One maybe specifically for Taylor, but I'm going to see if maybe McKellie's got something. Here we go. Hey, what's up, Down to Dunk? This is Senator Kennedy. I'm calling from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, now, the Tennessee Titans have as their rallying cry, Titan up. Now, of course, Thunder has Thunder up, um, but the Titans have been around longer than the Thunder. Not by much, but just by a little bit. So if the Thunder were forced to change the rallying cry, I don't know. I don't know if it's like trademarked or copyrighted or what even that means to have a rallying cry. What do you think they might change it to? And what do you hope that they might change it to? Now there's a lot of lame ones around the league. I'm specifically thinking of go Spurs go. Um, but perhaps we can have like a music tie-in, talk to Chris Gaines maybe about Thunder Rolls maybe serve some fresh-baked rolls at the game, um, tie in the rap rock <laughs> stylings of P.O.D., do some Here Comes the Boom. Uh, yeah, let me know. You demand select. Peace. <laughs> this is an amazing call. Um, <laughs> I do like the Thunder Rolls. I've always liked, liked that. I never thought of there being like a food element to it. Um, that's amazing. That's good marketing. Yeah. Um, here comes the boom. Anything POD related uh, gets my sign off 100%. When they introduced Thunder Up, though, I remember it and I was like, man, that is the dumbest thing. That is the <laughs> dumbest saying. Are you guys ready to Thunder Up? It's like, oh my gosh, like that is horrific. But now it's just like woven into the fabric of the fan base. And like, it's just something yeah. that people say, like, hey, Thunder Up, bro. You know, I mean, people just. It's also. It's not just the Titans. It's also the Boilermakers. Uh, when I was at Purdue, it's Boiler Up. I mean, it was okay. Uh, nice. <laughs> so it's the same. Uh, it's weird that I, I was in two kind of uh, sport environments in, U in the US. And it's it's both like Boiler Up or Thunder Up. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really understand Thunder Up. I understand what it's supposed to mean. Um, <laughs> I've never really liked it, though. Um, I guess maybe it's because I have a podcast that's more pointed down. It's down um, and not mm -hmm. up. So maybe that's maybe that's working against me here. But 
Yeah, I would like to see something revamped. There's a lot of like thunder related songs uh, that you could use, and they do use a lot of them at the games. But a, ra- a rallying cry is—it's just a tough one because I don't know that Thunder Up gets people just so excited. I think it's mm-hmm. just like you know being at the games. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. And maybe people like it. Like, let us know. Let us know on Twitter. Do you like Thunder Up? Are you a Thunder Up person? I mean, I know a lot of people say it, they use Thunder Up. I, I, I don't know. I don't really say it very, very much. <laughs> I feel weird talking. I, I may use it on on Twitter as a hashtag, just because yeah. it's when I when I make. I used to make Thunder content like this post game or whatnot, yeah, which yeah, I yeah. should get back to. You should. That was good um, stuff. Um, I I used to, to to put the hashtag, but it's that's about it. Yeah, no, I think it's yeah. Uh, let's see, <laughs> black white here says hashtag thunder up. Uh, Grim Porpoise on the stream says, doesn't it stem from Cowboy Up from the Red Sox in '03 or whatever? I I don't know. I don't know. Hey, don't ask me. I I need to actually investigate this a little bit. I can make some phone calls and find out like where who came up with Thunder Up? Where's that where did that come from? Who decided that this was our rallying cry, that this was our hashtag? I don't know who decided that. Uh all right. We've got a few more questions. Here's our next one. Hey guys. Uh this is Bryson from North Carolina. Um I just had a quick question for you guys about Shay. Uh I just feel like with the more facilitating and playmaking we've gotten on this team, I know you guys were talking about it, and we don't know if Shea's the number one option or anything. And I think, I think when it comes to All Star games and stuff like that, like his credibility could be built up more with the playmaking because, you know, when Shea came into the league, he was a great defender. You know, a lot of people talked about how he navigated screens really well and things like that. And obviously, with the offensive load he's had to carry it's been very difficult for him to probably be a plus defender. But with all the playmaking and everything, that uh, shot creation and everything has kind of gotten, do we think that maybe the ball gets a little bit more out of Shea's hands, he becomes more efficient and can focus on the defensive side of the ball a little bit? Um, anyway, thank you guys. We love you. Uh, keep it up. Have thoughts, McKelly? I'm sure you do. Oh, it would be amazing. I mean, I'm all in for um, not having Shea attacking in the most difficult situation possible. He will have to to get to that uh, when OKC will be ready to to make the playoffs. That is where and when he will have to attack a packed defense or a great defense. Uh, it will be amazing to ease up his work uh, because it will be less fatigue and it will be just better basketball um at times in year one of this rebuild i had in the feeling that when shea was off the court and uh, it was kenridge uh, it was cp3 um so, sorry not cp3 it was horford uh mm-hmm. the ball was moving better um so and, and last year he was better at that the ball was moving a lot more he was like passing more uh, but i think that there is another level uh, for this to go, and, and the, the only game that Giddy and Shea played after also break, I think that was a very good game. Uh, I know that after Shea said, "Hey, this is not Plan A," but he he got thirty that game. Uh, if he get if he can get cheap thirty <laughs> to to quote Josh Giddy yeah. on Train Man, right, a cheap thirty every single night that that would be amazing. And if we get Shea to be just an adequate defender, not a great one. I mean, great one would be. Wow, insane. Mm. Um, but just to, to just to be a guy who can spend four fouls and not worry about the team sunk offensively with him out of the of the court, that would be an amazing thing for him and for OKC. Yeah. And and I agree, he will get national recognition if he's average or better defensively while scoring 26, 27. I think that he can get to 27, 6 and 6, something like that next year. Woo. Um yeah. I mean, it was twenty-four. It was twenty-four and a half, five and oh, five. I know. I still. I'm. Gonna, I need someone to. I need a fan on or something in here. Wow. I don't think that was so spicy. Like that's a, like how many guys do that though in the NBA? I'm very high on Shea. 
Yeah, I, I'm not that. saying that I'm saying you're Let's wrong. Say I'm just saying points. that's like... You want to, to go 26? It's one and a half points more. It's not a big I know, deal. It's a, it's a, it's a, it seems like not a it's big deal. It's just improving. It's just getting back to 35% from three. It's not huge. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, better, he like, struggled at points in the season. There's no doubt. I think, I think that that is, um, that is something that he can achieve. Um, he just has to show it for the entire season. Yeah. How many guys averaged 27 or more points per game last year? Seven. Ten. Ten. Okay. Here's the list. Nikola Jokic, 27.1. John Morant, 27.4. Kyrie Irving in his 29 games, 27.4. DeMar DeRozan, 27.9. Trey Young, 28.4. Luka, 28.4. Kevin Durant, 29.9. Giannis, 29.9. LeBron, 30. In his 56 games, and then Joel Embiid, 30.6. Hmm. So, that's the yeah. list. That's some good players, man. That's some good players. Guys that average 26 points. The list is two. Jason Tatum and Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. And then guys that have averaged 25 or more, it's only 14 guys. Steph Curry was 25 and a half. Donovan Mitchell, 25.9. So I'm saying, like, if he's, like, 25, 26, that's a lot of points, man. But that's a what, lot. What was his average? 24.8? 24.5. He's 16th in scoring per game. Yeah. I mean, he improved one, one, one and a half point from season, from two seasons ago to this one, right? Yeah. Played 56 games last year. Yeah, that's I mean, he's a good player. There's there's no doubt about that. I just I don't know, getting up to twenty seven, then we're talking about a top ten score in the league. Let's say twenty six. Then we're talking about a top twelve score in the league. I think that he can get that there. <laughs> well he's already top fourteen. So why not? Why not? Yeah, that's pretty impressive. The point to me is maybe he won't if he won't get there. Yeah. Because he's super duper efficient, mm-hmm. but he takes less shots. That is a huge win for OKC oh, as well. Oh my! Let's put it this way. Yeah, it would like be, uh, if he can be 50, 40, 80, whatever, and you get Giddy Dort, Shay, uh, Giddy Dort, uh, and Chet, like being efficient and scoring a lot, and Shay has to take just sixteen shots. That's perfectly fine for me i don't i don't expect that to happen next year though yeah. maybe in the future next year i think that shea will roll will just be melting hot from the beginning yeah but it's just, just me yeah shea is 16th in scoring i think i said 14th but he's 16th yeah. in points per game in the league most of these guys are taking 20 shots per game that are scoring more the exceptions to that rule are Nikola Jokic. Only shot 17.7 shots per game and averaged 27 points. Uh, Giannis scored 29 points per game on 18 shots. That's amazing. Embiid, 30 points per game on 19 shots. Yeah, but Embiid is taking like 12, no, more. 13 free throws per game, something like that. Oh, yeah. He's taking 11.8. Yeah. Giannis, 11.4. And that's, but that's how you do it. Like, that's how you get there. Yeah. That's how Kevin got there, you know. Yeah, and Kevin takes seven free throws a game. You know how many <laughs> Shea takes seven too. If Shea gets up to ten free throws per game, which how many players are shooting ten or how many how many players do you think are taking ten or more? Seven, two. Really, Giannis, Justin beating Giannis. Mm-hmm. The next highest. I Next yeah. highest is Harden, who took eight. Jimmy Butler oh. took eight. Demar took seven. Luca seven. Yeah, that's KD makes seven. Josh ja seven. Trey Young seven. Shea is tenth in free throw attempts per game in the NBA. Hey, having him play one on one, three possessions more, and you get two free throws more. Yeah, at least. Uh, some spicy takes here. I like it. I like it. I don't know I'm if making, you like it. <laughs> I'm making the case. I do like... Here's the thing. 
Some people get this twisted a little bit that I don't want the like they think for some reason I, I know, don't want I the know. thunder to be good. I want the thunder to be good more than you do. More than not, I'm not talking to you. No. I'm talking to the listeners. I want the thunder to be good more than anybody. I want them to actually like reach a level that they could that that we can't even imagine. And like that's why I want them to add another player. It's not that I think this team stinks and they can never no. I think they have really good pieces. I even said the other day, I think they have most of the pieces that they're going to have whenever they start making whatever run they make. But I just, I I want to have like a 10 year long run that gets a championship where they get to the West finals a bunch, where they're in, in the playoffs, just in the thick of it for a decade, you know? And, can you imagine? I there, is there a way that the team they have now, plus like the fourteenth or fifteenth pick next year, could do that? It's not impossible. It's not impossible. But I would feel a lot better if that pick was the sixth or seventh pick. You know, that's all. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, okay, next question. we got two more questions that we got to go. Hey, guys. Um, if you could choose one or two NBA players for Giddy and Holmgren and J-Dub to study, I would love to know who the one or two players you would choose for each of them to study would be. 
um, and kind of what specific focus you would have for them. Hope you're having a great day. Ciao. Hmm. Okay. So let's – you can do past, present, or future. The guy I think of with Chet specifically is Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Who – and specifically on the – I thought you were saying Kevin Durant said, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Also that. Also Kevin. <laughs> yeah, just don't, just don't listen to any of the off-the-court stuff. Don't listen to his podcast. Don't do that. Um Kevin Garnett on the defensive end, if he could be the menace that KG was, who was like probably the most switchable big man of all time and was the foundation of a championship level team. Like that's that's the guy. And the intensity and what he brought to the court was just unlike anybody else. Mm-hmm. It's like go study that guy. Like what did he do on the defensive end? Like he was an absolute psycho on the defensive end. I mean, that would be the guy that I would want. I mean, go look at the – even his Timberwolf stuff. I mean, he, I remember watching him on TV and thinking, like, man, he's bringing the ball up the court for the Wolves. Like, he's the best player on the Wolves. Like, he's doing everything yeah. for them. And then he's there, like by far their best defender. I mean, that guy was unreal. Um, that's for defense. And then offensively, I mean, I think that Durant's not a bad – idea you know because he's seven feet tall and he handles like go figure out how he learned to generate his own shot like specifically um because it's going to be harder for chet he's not as he's fluid he's not as fluid as kevin no Um, there are just there is just one kevin there's one kevin and if he could Mm -hmm. learn at least some from kd not that he needs to be kd but like Chet has like the weirdest, wildest skill set of anybody. Yeah. Um, and he could he could do some of the stuff that both of those guys do. And he's got like the intensity and the competitiveness and stuff to boot, which is partly I think why you, if you're the Thunder, you just love the guy. Um, so to me, those are a couple guys that I would say like, okay, Chet, like those are here's two guys that I want you to really like take a look at. Um, what about Josh? Oh boy, um, I'm not. I'm. I'm very bad at this. Um, well, when I think about the, Josh, I think about Jason Kidd. Like I just can't not think about yes, Jason Kidd. Yes, but I don't want him to study that. You um, want him to study somebody way different. I want him to study the, the timing of the passes of Steve Nash. I know that it's it's yeah vanilla take. Yes, Steve Nash, great passer. Yes, but you need to to look at the the pace yeah. and uh, the passing windows, the type of passes that you, he used to throw. I, I mean, it's a totally different player, and he was leveraging his shot to keep the defense on. This is, again, it's a completely different player. But the way in which Steve um, like studied the, the court, like understand the timing, the pace, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's different from anybody else. And yeah. so that and also Manu. Uh, I mean, he, these. I know that Giddy's uh, an incredible passer, but those two were among the best. Um, and I think that uh, J-Dub should study a little bit of Manu as well. He, he is creative. Um, oh and Manu yeah. used to find ways to impact the game from the bench. I mean, it, again, I'm not comparing uh, Manu to J-Dub or to Giddy. That is not it. But Manu was someone who can really change the pace of a game um, on both ends. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that he was a, a scorer, a good passer, a great defender. He had everything. Even if he was not the most explosive, he was a good athlete, uh, but not the most oh. explosive guy out there. Yeah. And so I think that uh, it makes a good um, summer study for J-Dub as well. Yeah, Manu is a great one. And just like the Manu. ultimate team player. He had a birthday yeah. the other day. Um, yeah, he'd be great. Um, I'd also like Vince Carter's another one, like a late career Vince Carter for J-Dub. It's like, look mm-hmm. at what Vince did. Like, he was able to, and this is the thing I love about J-Dub is like how scalable he was, and that's the thing that kept, like Vince Carter, I think he's third in most games played all time. 
mm-hmm. and it's because of the scalability of his game. He yeah. learned how to be like the ultimate guy that some people thought like this is the next Michael Jordan was Vince Carter. Like the yeah. hype was that big, all the way down to I catch and shoot for the maps, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and and he was awesome. He was so good <laughs> at he times. Was so so good, and just the scalability of that. It's like man, like this is what you got. Like this is you. Um, so I think like him and Manu like are two really good ones. Um, yeah. And then like Giddy also, I think Chris Paul is like another vanilla answer, but it's like, it's about the pace that Chris plays with. Like he doesn't let anybody speed him up or slow him down unless it's Russell Westbrook in the last five seconds of a Clippers thunder playoff game, game five in OKC. Other than that, he dictates the game, you know, like it's his game, and we want we got to see that for a season here in Oklahoma City, and that was really fun because it was just all about like the way that Chris organized the team, and <clears throat> also the way that Chris, you know, helped a lot of guys find success that year. Yeah, you know, think about Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder, by the way, not signed to a team. That's weird. Right now, hey, there was a rumor. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, sure. And Dennis is not that old. No, is uh I think he's the twenty nine this year. He yeah, will be twenty nine, yeah, sure. Yeah, he turns uh, twenty twenty nine in September. Yeah. He shouldn't he's not one, I don't think he's done. Two, he should be on a team right now. Like we've seen how good he is, and part of that was like Chris, you know. And Dennis has got to find his way where he goes next. Um, but man, yeah. I mean, turning down a huge paycheck for a bigger one is always a risky proposition. Um, Noel yeah. did that. Yeah. And he almost lost his way. Yep. Uh, he he did that with the Lakers and he definitely lost his way. Yep. Um, I really hope he finds. Um, Away here or in Europe, there are many mm-hmm. teams that will sign him in in Euroleague yeah. without blinking twice. So um, it's still, it's. I mean, with Chris Paul, um, I kind of hope that Giddy turns into. Um, I mean, Chris Paul is hey, scream for me, and I will make it work. Mm-hmm. Can I say that I kind of don't want that for OKC? And I would hope for something more organic, mm-hmm. something that is not orchestrated by Chris Ball, mm-hmm. but something that is more. Um, you want him to play a Manu role, where like no, in general, I mean, I don't want to have um, Chris Ball ball. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no one's ball. Like it's again i i always go there but if you look at the warriors it's not steph ball yeah steph is part of the engine yeah part that makes everything else work but it's not him that it's actively making it work like it's not mm-hmm. commanding the offense he's at the service of the offense um if okc can unlock that with every player mm-hmm. like chet uh like um, um giddy and shay and all the others um, that would be, I think, that is what sticks. Yeah, that is what is most dangerous in the playoffs because you have something that is not one man show or one man engine. It's it's more than that. It's yeah. um, it's really an orchestra that plays together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's the way that that they envision the team. Is that I they hope all so. play with a, a rhythm and a and a verb that is just very unique uh logan m in the chat here on live here on youtube says that chet needs to learn more O from dirk um yeah that would be nice as well i mean he's already doing the fadeaway one legged jumper so we need to show he needs to show us the turnaround and a few other things yeah maybe he just learns from from dirk and from uh matumbo the dirk matumbo combination there from chet yeah it's a not bad combination uh, last question. We'll have to answer this pretty quick because I gotta go. Hey, Andrew, Mikey, this is doing that Thunder Chat. Uh, and I was just calling in to, uh, first of all, say appreciate all you guys do, but I want to talk about chat for a second. 
Um, the question I kind of have is, you know, with Shea and Giddy uh, looking to have such a big role in the offense, specifically with the ball in their hands and usage, um, how much do you see Chet having the ball in his hands? Like, is he the third option? Would he be the fourth option offensively behind a guy like Dort or Trey Manning in the lineup? Like, how many shots and opportunities to score the ball, I guess, do you think Chet's going to be able to have? And do you think it's going to be more play finishing type, or do you think they're going to let him cook a little bit? Uh, love the show. Can't wait to hear. Yeah, I think that we kind of um, answered that at the beginning of the show a little bit. Um, I think that they will let him cook for sure. Um, but I think that he will definitely be number three in shooting attempts. If it's more, it's a, <laughs> it's a hell of a season. <laughs> like if Chet is taking 15 shots, I mean, this will be fun. Extremely fun. I think he's the second option. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> I do. I think that Dort is a player that needs to scale down as far as yeah. scoring goes. Um, no, I think I was thinking more giddy. Uh, I, I mean, he, he took 12. I think he will be up a little bit from yeah. there. Maybe not. Yeah. I, I th- and I think giddy is just more of a facilitator. I think that it's Shay than Chet. And then we'll let whoever else define who that is. Hey, this is perfect for me. That's like, I, <laughs> I, I want to see him cooking. Uh, the jump shot is so, so enticing. Yeah. Like, I I really can't wait. Uh, I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for listening to the show. If you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. It's really easy, especially if you're listening on an iPhone. You can click the Purple Podcast app, search down to dunk, hit five stars. You can even leave us a message. We see all of them, and it means a lot to us if you would do that. Thanks so much for subscribing on YouTube as well. We have lots of people that follow along. If you hit that little, hit subscribe first, then hit the little bell. It'll tell you when we go live and you can join us in comments. We got a pretty lively comment section almost every podcast. So be sure to join us. Hope you guys have a great, great Sunday or Monday whenever you're listening to this. And we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.